We're going we're to spend a few minutes um, looking in the Word of God together this morning. Um, and if you're visiting with us today, we have been, as a church, looking at the, the book of James from the Bible together um, over the past couple of weeks. And we're going to spend uh, the next few months looking at the book of James. And, and what we're going to do today is we're going to look at another section of James today. And it's just, just to me, amazing, because the section we come to today as we're just going through it section by section is completely appropriate to a veteran service. You know, every year when I come to services like this, I have to say, do I just need to go a different direction than where we're going as a church? But every year it seems to me that we come to a text and I say, this is exactly appropriate for where we're at today, and today is, is like that. You see, I, I think it is possible, and this is why I said I think it is possible that when people go through difficult situations in life, which obviously military service is and can be, that sometimes we come to wrong conclusions about God as we go through difficult circumstances. And I I have to believe that when those um, in military service face especially things like the horror of war, that they might come to some conclusions about God that are incorrect. And I I have to believe this because I see this tendency in myself, And I've seen it in a lot of other people over the years as I've been a pastor and just lived life. That when life gets really hard, when we face injustice, we face violence, we face overwhelming pain from loss, um, that often what happens is that people conclude, they come to the conclusion that, that somehow in it, because of it, somehow God is not good. That, um... That, or they conclude this, that God must not care about them. And I've even heard this, and you probably have too, that people conclude, maybe the worst of all, that, that somehow, because of the things of life, that God is actually out to get them. That God is causing pain and difficulty in their life. And I really think that these are pretty common conclusions. Aren't they? We go through struggle, we go through tragedy, we go through adversity, and somehow the comments that come out are, God is not good. A loved one dies, and a person asks, If God were good, why would God have let this happen to my loved one? Someone has great plans for their life, but as they look, as the, as the, 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 the reality of their life is not reflecting the vision they had for their life, and things aren't working according to their plans, they say things like this, Oh, I'm just mad at God, because He hasn't been there for me. Those kinds of things are common, right? Haven't you heard people say things like this in times of difficulty? And haven't you probably yourself said it or at least thought it when times get tough? Well, friends, this is exactly the same situation that James, the half-brother of Jesus, found himself in when he was writing this letter that we call the book of James. It's a letter he's writing to a group of people. And James wrote this letter We've been learning over the last couple of weeks to Christian people who are scattered all over various cities outside of Jerusalem and that their lives were really living probably in the hardest time they had ever lived. Because the situation they found themselves in was one that they could, just couldn't win in. They were facing incredible persecution from any, every place that they were at. That, that when they were in these scattered cities and they were nationally, they were Jewish but their Jewish brothers and sisters would have nothing to do with them because they had become followers of Jesus. 
and they looked at them as apostate. They looked at them as they had turned away from the truths of Judaism and that they were not following the law anymore. And that, so they, they literally hated them. That's the reason they killed Jesus. They hated them. They thought they were apostates. And so they shunned them. But when they were in that city, in, the, in those various cities, the Jews shunned them. But it wasn't just the Jews. The Romans, they were in Roman cities. The Romans persecuted them. Because the Romans looked at them as Jewish. And they hated the Jews. And they were the, the Romans were the conquerors over the Jewish nation. And they persecuted them. And they were held in the lowest of all places in the communities that they lived in. They were abused and they were mistreated and they were hurting. And obviously because of what James writes in the verses we're going to read in a minute, they were questioning God's goodness. Because he's writing a letter to these people in response to what he knows is going on in their lives. And he he must know from talking with them, from communication, from just knowing that they in some ways, maybe in great ways, were questioning the goodness of God. They had come to know Christ. They knew Jesus was alive. But now they're following him and they're going, but my life stinks. It's full of pain. Where is God in this? And they're questioning the goodness of God. So James writes to them to remind them what truth is. Remember, we've been learning this about the book of James that some people call the book of James the, the book of Proverbs of the New Testament. Because what he's doing is he's doing, he's writing little short truths. He's saying, let me help you understand the reality of this world from God's perspective. What we've learned over the last couple of weeks is he calls that wisdom. That he says, seek wisdom. And he says, what is wisdom? He defined it for us, really. He showed that wisdom is having God's perspective on a situation and then acting accordingly. So that's being wise. Seeing something the way God sees and then act accordingly with having the right perspective. And so he's saying, I want to help you see wisdom about this situation. That you're questioning God's goodness, but I want to tell you the truth. I want to tell you what's real. I want to see, I want you to help you see from God's perspective what's really true about God's goodness. So I want us to look at what James wrote to those who are questioning the goodness of God's. And we're going to look at James chapter 1. Verses 16 to 18. James 1, 16 to 18. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation again this week because I think it just makes it very clear what he's saying. James 1, verse 16. It says, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. So what does James have have to say to those who are questioning God's goodness in times of difficulty? He starts off this way. He says, don't be misled. My dear brothers and sisters. In other words, you're probably believing some things that aren't right right now. Let me tell you the truth. So he first gently points out that they are seeing things maybe in a wrong way and maybe making some wrong conclusions. And friend, we all have a tendency to do that. And so James, out of love, looks at people in hard situations and says, Listen, you're, you're seeing it wrong. Let me show you it right. And in showing them what's right, what does he do? He reminds them of this Truth. He's just saying, it's true. And he's going to go on to support it in a minute, but it's just, let me tell you the, the truth. 
And he says the truth of this, the perspective of God is this, that every good thing in life is actually a gift from God. That's how he starts off. He says, listen, you want to know the truth? I know you're in a hard time, but here's the reality of life. From God's perspective, looking down, every good thing that you experience in life is actually a gift from God. It's not happenstance. It's not chance. It's not good luck. Every good thing that you actually experience in life, anything is a gift from God. James points out that it is the good things in life that come from God not the bad. See, he wants hurting people to know that it is never God who is the cause of pain and problems. That's the point he's trying to make here as he's helping us to see things from God's perspective. As people are questioning and people are doubting, he's saying, listen, here's the truth. It's never God who is the cause of pain and problems. Now, he doesn't say pain and problems aren't real. Yes, pain and problems are very real, but God is not the giver of those pains and those problems. Now, he doesn't say it here, but but we learned it a lot as we looked at the book of Ephesians. We could ask this question, well, then who is? Who is or what is the cause of pain and problems? James says it's not God. The rest of Scripture tells us who it is. It's Ultimately, it's the, the enemy of man's soul. It's the devil. You see, friends, we must always remember the truth of the big picture. That's how we put this in perspective. We see the big picture. James sees the big picture. And he's reminding us of what the big picture is. We must remember that that God created this world beautiful and perfect for 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 the apex of his creation, mankind. But scripture shows us that mankind chose to follow the devil in the garden instead of God. And from that day till this day, and including those days of the people that James is writing to, the effects of sin have crushed the world and have have marred and crushed the lives of all of us. War is the effect of the crushing of sin. War is the effect of, of Satan inspiring people to want what somebody else has or destroy somebody else because they don't like them. That is not from God. That is ultimately from Satan. And it's ultimately because sin entered the world because mankind chose Satan's ways over God's ways. God himself said sin brings death. And we all live each and every day in the effects of a world corrupted by sin. The source of our pain and problems, ultimately, according to Scripture, is the devil who inspired mankind to follow his way instead of God's way. And so the effects of corruption are everywhere in the world. The source of the pain and problems is not God. That's what James is trying to say. That is what James is reminding us all of when we go through hard times because our tendency is to say, well, God, it's a hard time and you must be the source. And James says, no. God is the source of good. The devil is the source of pain and problems. So he just makes that statement. He just lays it out there. He says, do you want to know wisdom? Do you want to know the perspective of God? The perspective of God is that every good thing, only the good, every good thing, is not a matter of happenstance. It's not a matter of chance. It's a gift, literally a gift intentionally given from God. Gifts are given on purpose. And he's saying God gives you good gifts. 
So he just lays out that statement. He says this wisdom, but he doesn't stop there. In the text then, James goes on to talk about, about the character of God. He says, God gives good gifts. He's like, but let me tell you something about God, is what he's saying. That's how we would say it today. And he begins to talk about the character of God. And look what he says here about the character of God. He says it in, in a way that maybe we wouldn't say it, but well, let's unpack what he's saying here. He says, God is our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He created the entire universe, the earth and the moon and the countless stars and the countless galaxies. God created it all. And then he makes a reference to his his character here. He says, and he never changes or casts a shadow. And you say, well, what in the world does that mean? Well, what James is saying here is that God's goodness is like the light that comes from the countless stars and suns that he has created. That it is constant and it is consistent. That's what he's talking about here. His goodness doesn't change. He's saying it doesn't cast shadows. It doesn't change like the light that we experience here on earth. We have night and day and even sometimes on our day we have clouds that block our sun. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, but God's constant and consistency shines his goodness upon us. That's what he's talking about here. See, I think if James were writing today, he might illustrate this a little differently. You know, I think maybe he would compare God's goodness, which he's talking about here, to flying in an airplane on a cloudy day. Have you ever been in an airplane where you're sitting on the, on, the, on the tarmac and you're in the plane and it's thundering and lightning or just raining or it's cloudy out and that plane takes off and it begins to ascend and you go into the clouds and you can't see a thing. But you ascend and you ascend and you ascend on a rainy day and all of a sudden as the, ra- the, 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 the plane gets up, up, up and up and you break through the cloud cover and what do you see? Sunshine. And I always tell Suzanne, every time we experience it, I have the same exact experience. I always tell her, the sun is always shining brightly. The sun never stops. We can say, oh, the sun's not out today. Oh, yes, it is. We just can't see it. The clouds are blocking the sunshine. But the sun is out. And when you fly the plane and it's at 35,000 feet and you get through the highest cloud and the sun is radiating as brightly as it's ever radiated any other day, that's what James is talking about here. At ground level, you experience shadows from the clouds above, from the realities of life that come because of sin. You experience shadows and darkness in your life. The clouds block your ability to see the sun, but the sun never stops Shining. But when you burst through the layer of clouds, there it is. The bright, consistent sun. That's the point that James is making here to those who are in tough times. You might not see it right now is what he's saying. They're in the worst time of persecution and injustice that they could ever be in their lives. He's saying, you might not see it right now, but let me tell you the truth. Some difficulty may be blocking your understanding. But always remember that God is good. And every good thing that you ever have experienced in this life is a gift from God. And gifts are on purpose. And God has given them to you. 
And in, in a situation right now, it might seem cloudy and dim, and he says, shifting shadows. But the reality is, God is still shining. You just don't see him right now. He's saying, but hold on to the truth. And then what, John, what James does, he makes his point even further. James then gives us the ultimate illustration of the goodness of God. He says, and let me tell you the ultimate proof that God is good and everything good comes from Him. And He's always shining and always bright, even though the clouds of life might block that off sometime. He's saying, don't question the eagles, but let me give you the ultimate proof that it's true. Your salvation. That's what verse 18 is talking about. He says, and He chose to give birth to us by giving us His true word. He chose to give birth. He's talking about spiritual birth here. To give birth to us by giving us his true word. To prove God's goodness. James reminds his Christian brothers and sisters of God's ultimate act of goodness. Even though mankind rejected his love and rejected his ways, God chose to rescue us from our prison of sin. He chose to reach down to us. He chose to come down into our world where we had rejected Him. And that's what God did in Christ. Jesus, our eternal God, came into our sin-filled world and literally gave Himself up for us. We were corrupted by sin in our very nature. So Jesus came in our place and died the death we deserve and rose to a new life in order that we who are in Christ would be freed from our sin nature, and free to live the good and beautiful life that He desires for each and every one of us. James says this, he goes, the ultimate expression of God's goodness is His coming to us and giving His life for us to rescue us from death and give us eternal life in Him. So friends, when we are tempted to blame God, When times are tough and we forget that the tough times are the result of the devil's activity and not God's. When the clouds are there and the shifting shadows and we can't seem to see it. Then it's time to remember the truth that James says here. That whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Friends, God is good all the time. That's what James is saying. God is good all the time and he is reminding us that that's true. Even when the clouds that result from sin and the Satan's activity temporarily are blocking the rays of God's goodness and stuff. We just can't see it, but it's still true. And friends, maybe you're here and you've never experienced the goodness of God. The goodness of God that He offers to each person through salvation. And I tell you this, you can, you can experience that today. You can today call out to God. Call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. 
And I need you in my life and I welcome you in. And I'm, I'm in a dark place and I want you to come and, and to receive me and to forgive me and make me your child. And the scripture says he will 100% of the time say yes to that call. Because it actually says you didn't initiate that call that he prompted you to call out to him. And so friends, you can do that today. And maybe you're here today and you're going through a tough time. You know the Lord, but you're still in the tough times. The clouds are thick and they're black and they're dark and it's raining. And what I can tell you, friends, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. I watched Josh and Sam do that this week. I watched them in the times when they honestly believed their baby would die. And Josh came, Sam was in the room and Josh came out and there's tears everywhere and we're all broken hearted and we're saying they're coming to take her to the NICU and we don't think she's going to live. We don't know. You know, they're, they're not being very hopeful. She's been without oxygen for a long time. And Josh said, he said, I sat with Sam and I said to her, no matter what, dear, we will get through this. God is good. We will get through this. That's what James is talking about. That when the clouds are there, You say, but what's truth? What's truth is God is good. And friends, run to Jesus in tough times. You know what I see people do over and over in all the years I've been doing this? The clouds come and they run away. And James is saying, run to the light. Run to the light. There's some slivers of light coming through. He's reminding, even if you can't see the sliver right now, the truth is this. He saved you and you remember that. Remember what God did to you in Christ. He rescued you. That's the ultimate light. Run to that. Don't run away. I want to close by praying this morning. Praying that the goodness of the Lord would just permeate this place. Lord Jesus, I thank you that on this Sunday, this Veterans Day Sunday, When we honor veterans, Lord, we know the best way we can honor anybody is to remind us of the truth of your goodness, your love, and your grace, and your presence in this place. Lord, I thank you that that even though it might even be cloudy outside today, it's sunny inside of here. In the sense that we are aware that you are shining brightly and that you are real. And that you're with us today. And so, Lord, we pray this. We pray that your goodness would be experienced by every person in this place today. Help each one of us here today know your goodness and know your love. And we know, God, that that is not an activity that I can create or any person can create, but that you can reveal. And so right now, I pray, God, as people have open hearts to you, would you penetrate any darkness that might be here with a sliver of your love? with your light, and let every person in this place know that you love them and that every good thing, the breath in their lungs, is because of you. So Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.